we are committed to creating a safe and supportive space for our guests and listeners, and to provide information and tools that will help our listeners understand, manage, and overcome trauma. We understand that the healing journey can bring up challenging emotions. Therefore, we want to warn our audience that certain episodes may contain discussions or stories that could be triggering for some individuals. The content of the podcast is for educational and informative purposes only, and we encourage you to practice self-care and discretion while listening, and to reach out to a trusted support system or professional if you feel overwhelmed and need help on your healing journey. So today's episode is going to be really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. I think it's something that we have been talking about for a few weeks now. Right, right. <laughs> Just waiting and so, until recording. And we, yeah, and we have a really good title, which is How Our Stories Shape Our Reality. Yep. Yeah, How Our Stories Shape Our Reality. And so a lot of it, we're going to be talking about our perspective and why we see things the way we see them. Because it's that for me, that was a, a certainly a big healing step for me is once I got that and it was really liberating. So I'm excited. Yeah. So maybe we can start with even like describing that concept of stories. Like Mm -hmm. what do we mean by stories? You know, I can give a good example. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let's start with an example. So there was a particular couple that I knew. um, And at the time I went to church with them and, um, and we were friends. Um, and so I don't know how long this episode happened to when they actually spoke about it with me, but it was, it felt like it was a long time. And, um, so one day the, the, the topic came up and the wife said to me, well, my husband, um, is really upset with you because you glared at him in church. And I said, I glared at him in church. And the first thought in my mind is I haven't glared at anybody in church that I can think of. Like that didn't even cross my mind. And why I, I, and I certainly couldn't understand why I would glare at him. I I had no problem with him whatsoever. So I was really taken aback by that. And, um, I said, what are you talking about? And so she said, well, there was one time in church on Saturday night and you looked over at us and you were glaring at him. And I said, I can promise you, I never did that. I said, maybe I was looking past him and squinting my eyes to see something. But I said, I I can tell you, I didn't glare at him. Like there, that, that episode didn't happen in my head at all. And, you know, just really made me understand that's a perspective. And from that perspective, from that look, that one look that I gave an entire inaccurate story was created. And that story, so I know it was for months. I don't know how many months because I kind of felt the tension between her husband. I couldn't figure out what was going on. And it was that. And so they carried that for months. And I didn't even know how to approach it because I didn't understand what was going on. I, you know, I didn't know it was me. I I thought, well, you know, maybe he's just, I don't know. Yeah. It didn't cross my mind that it was me, honestly, for the first time, (laughs) you know, usually I, I'm used to in the past, (laughs) everything's my fault. Right. But it was really interesting to see their perspective and how wrong it was. And then the story that they created from that mm. and what that story did to their reality. So that's a good one, huh? That's that's a good one. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about how there's like two kinds of stories that we create in interaction with 
both ourselves and the world. Um, so stories about the world outside of us. So it's like other people or something outside of us. But then also stories about ourselves. Yeah, there is that. So there's like two kinds of stories. So like one example with stories about ourselves is that it's, I don't know, a like good example is when we're young, you know, something happens and we create story about it. And then we create this like belief of mm-hmm. I am like this because of this. And we just keep attaching to that. And I think what happens is that we get attached to that story so much that we now we have like this filter that we look for proof that whatever that story is, is true. There's evidence. And I can tell a really good story for that one about myself. And it's one, it's a podcast that we've already done. And that's the one where I was told that nobody likes me. Right. And I 100% believed it at that moment. So that became my reality. And the story that came from that for years was that I walked around with the belief system that nobody liked me. And guess what? There was evidence all over because that is what I was looking for. I had that filter or those glasses on. We've talked about that before of, you know, having the perspective of nobody likes me so that I went into every relationship or every interaction with a person already having that belief. And I even had evidence that that wasn't true, but the belief was so deep that it took me a long time to overcome that belief, but that became my reality and my story. And once it's your reality, you don't even see the story anymore. It's literally your reality. It's the fact. It's true. It becomes in the subconscious at that point. And And nobody likes it. It's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's, you know, and of course that's what I saw. When I think back now on, you know, my, with a much healthier view, I can see where, no, I was actually liked. I really was. I just wasn't seeing it at the time. I was looking for the other evidence. And I, of course, found it. You're always going to find it because it's what you're looking for. I think I had something similar with, uh, I have to figure it out by myself. I can't ask for one was that I can't ask for help, but I also had belief. I don't know where exactly it's coming from that. Uh, I can, I don't deserve help or support. I have to mm. kind of figure it out by myself. And then when I started mm. relatively recently, like last one or two years, I started to challenge that a bit and kind of open my eyes to possibility that maybe that's not true, which in itself, not an easy thing to do. Um, I started to see how much support actually is there available. I would just not even not see it, but literally dismiss it. That Ooh. I was so blind to it that. Mm-hmm. Were you expecting a there, different, were you diff, Were you in those situations expecting a different support? And so you were expecting this support, but you actually got this support? No, I think what I would perceive anybody offering uh, help uh, it would be like they're pointing out that I'm not able to do it myself or I'm not uh, you know what I mean I would make it mean again a that's a story I would make it if they offer me any help when they generally just wanted to help me whether it's like business or anything really I would see it as them pointing out that I don't have it figured out or yep. <laughs> you yeah, know, you need, they, they, like they, they have to help you in order to get this done because you're not capable of doing it yourself. How exactly. interesting. And, and then really I they were to 
by denying and proving that I got it, even though I didn't. <laughs> oh, how interesting. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that. Yeah. And it's, it's really, really interesting because now that I'm more open to that, I see how much help is out there where people just want to help. They're pretty much like me with others. I just mm-hmm. want to help them sometimes because I can <laughs> as simple as, or I see potential in them or like any reason, but mm-hmm. it's not to point out how bad they are, what they're doing. <laughs> it's just because I can help and I want them to succeed. And now I'm starting to see that, um, how, like how others, when they're helping me or offering help, that's what's there. It's not right. them being like, Oh, you're actually not that good at what you're doing. So let me jump in and <laughs> help you. <fix> yeah. This. <laughs> yeah. I get, I, I can understand that one. I can actually relate to that one. Cause <clears throat> that's, it's so funny. Once you said it, I'm like, Oh yeah, I can see parts of my life where I still do that, but I'm aware of it. So then yeah. I can turn it off. I mean, that that's what, that's one of the things, you know, we've talked about so often is self-awareness. And that's one of the benefits of self-awareness is we can catch this stuff. <clears throat> we can be aware of it and then we can manage it much better, which is, you know, come out with a different resolution than what we think is there. Yeah. And one thing that I would invite listeners to do is think about what are the stories that you have and mm-hmm. you can think about whether stories about other people, whether stories about certain situations or even life areas, just write down stories and then you will see, and then you can test or just like um, fact check them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is be this curious. actually true or is this the story that I have created? Because there's so many stories that, um, and I feel that once we start to get more in, that level of awareness we start to see all those stories to an extent where it might be like overwhelming especially mm-hmm. if we don't really know how to change them so you know what's a story and you know that oh okay i created this story because of this but you still keep living that story mm-hmm. you know you still mm-hmm. keep living in, in that reality even though you know why you are in that reality and then it's about finding ways how you can maybe change that story or one thing that can help is um well one is to give yourself enough proof not to believe that where it's kind of okay this is one story Look for the opposite exactly there's enough facts mm-hmm. to prove that it's actually not true like in my case when i would uh have that belief that uh, uh anybody who helps me they want to point out how like bad i am at what i'm doing uh Nobody has said that. Like I, <laughs> I have really they've actually said the opposite. <laughs> yeah, they're like they want to help me because they might see that I'm stuck in somewhere that it's kind of pointless to be stuck in. <laughs> right, um, right. Or they just see my blind spots that I don't see. But if they do, they didn't offer me help. Maybe that's when they'll kind of not care, even you know. Um, but they're offering help, so they actually want to help and give that support. So, but the story that I would have is just you know um but now i'm just receiving it and kind of still learning to be okay with it you know because i have i'm so used to being like no i'm good <laughs> yeah it's a it's a reaction right it's a reaction yeah. and then because the then ego you can makes catch yourself something yeah you know like and then you, you can just, stop yeah and because for me i'll just start to think that oh, i'm not like uh self-sufficient <laughs> to be able to handle this myself but the more i think and the more I even observe things around me I see how like 
nothing really is made in isolation. Like, mm. especially if you want to go far. Nobody, yeah. well, we all hear about somebody who made it by themselves. But even athletes that are super successful, they have teams. And mm -hmm. people who are really like, successful business people, they have teams. They didn't go mm -hmm. there by themselves. And a lot of times they have their spouses or their friends and their really close group who are supporting them at their like mm -hmm. down moments. So that's something where even me thinking that I have to do it all by myself, it's kind of like, if you look at reality, that's not really how you truly succeed. Mm -hmm. It's just that story that, oh, I have to do everything by myself. And you just put that pressure on yourself that mm -hmm. you have to do that. Um, which again, it just comes most likely from one incident sometime in the past that's right now irrelevant, but mm -hmm. we create this story and we just create our real reality around that story that a lot of times, depending on the story, but a lot of times with some negative stories, we literally end up putting ourselves in a place where we start to suffer. We start oh, yeah. to make it really hard for us just because we want to be so attached to this story because we see mm -hmm. it as true. Mm -hmm. It can become like your identity at some point. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, and, and what comes to me that is something that I deal with in a lot of people who are healing from uh, abuse and trauma is in the triggers. Because in the triggers, there's big stories. There's oh, a yeah. big, inaccurate, false false, false story in a trigger because, you know, and I, I talk about the one trigger that I got a few months ago where I was able to take it very slowly from the beginning all the way through to the end. And I, you know, <laughs> I called it, you know, and I could see in that spot between when I was triggered and when I reacted, the story that went in there and it absolutely it was so interesting because it all came to me at once and I could see exactly where the root of that was. And it was absolutely an incidents that happened in my childhood. Yeah. And so there's this whole, and I identified the story immediately. And I also identified, Oh, that's from way back then. That's not true today. Um, and I could process it and, and, come out with a different story and conclusion. So that story is now done and gone, you know, and there's a new story that's filling that space. Um, and so the triggers though, those are what can really trip us up. Yeah. And they are really strong as well. So every, yeah. Time and when you don't that... have, when you don't have the self-awareness, it's just auto it's autopilot. And, and, and I'll tell you it's, it's, it's frightening because before I had the self-awareness to realize that I was being triggered, when I think back on it, it's really frightening because you go from calm to chaos in, in an instant. And, and, and that story comes forward and it makes you feel like crap. And, it, and it's just this vicious thing. And then you're reacting because you're in that old story. And you react from that old story. And then you turn around after everything's calmed down, you feel horrible because of the carnage that you created from being triggered and not having that awareness to identify the story and the reality of it and change it. So if somebody is in this vicious cycle, what could help 
to deal maybe with that guilt or shame that happens after you come out of it and now you mm-hmm. see all the damage that you have done like what would be some of the things that you would advise to help to deal with that because now like the damage is done you're now at the end of it and you're seeing all the damage that you did and i think that's where you yeah. can start to feel even worse about yourself yeah. like what are some things that they can do oh yeah you, you you could spend days or weeks beating yourself up over that you know there's even times where i would think back on years ago and beat myself up and and the thing is recognizing and and acknowledging that you were triggered that you're in a place of healing that yeah you messed up you definitely messed up and forgive yourself because you're in a place of usually that is a place of you're at the beginning of your healing or you're in your healing and you're becoming aware of this stuff and i have gone back and i have absolutely cleaned up my mess i have gone back to people that i have hurt in those moments and absolutely apologized to him so that's a big it's a, that's a tough one but um it goes real, real far on the cleanup. It it shortens your cleanup for sure is going back and apologizing. And then once you're, once you're in that place where you're starting to see this, it's empowering because now you're going, oh, okay, now I got you triggers. I got you. And, and it's empowering. And you can get to that place of recognizing when you're being triggered, taking a pause, taking space, processing, because all in that processing is recognizing the story and the crap that's in there. Yeah. And then you have the space to create a new outcome from that trigger. Mm. And it's gonna, you know what? You're going to mess up. You know what? You're going to end up triggering anyway. I mean, I still do. I still do. Um, not hardly ever, but I, I recognize it immediately. And sometimes I'll just say, you guys, I'm, I'm being triggered. (laughs) I'm being triggered right now, you know? Um, but it is empowering and, and it's, you know, it's a process and it, it absolutely can be done. And it, it is the way to manage your, some of your stories and certainly your triggers. And I think it's um, even like speaking on triggers. That's one of the things that I was thinking about last few days, how, you know, like exposure therapy that is helping you to deal with whatever is the trigger by actually facing it. And I think that's where, a lot of times we can practice dealing with those triggers by intentionally putting ourselves in as long as they're not like maybe toxic, you know, it's, it's a safe situation. Yeah, exactly. There are those. So putting in situations that you might feel that trigger, but it's still safe situation. It's not like hostile. Or right. Like that. Right. Um, you can safely manage it. Exactly. And that's when you can practice that self-awareness. How do I feel? What is, what do I want to do What while I'm feeling this? And even thinking about what's my usual response and you might even observe mm-hmm. in the first time what's your usual response then you enter again even before you enter you say like okay maybe i will try different response not maybe fully different but maybe a bit different and then right. as you do that you start to get more maybe familiar with that situation until it's not maybe fully comfortable but it's not as triggering like for me big thing was like just networking, talking to people. I was convinced I'm boring. That is my oh story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everybody, she's not boring. She's one of the most interesting people in my life. So Exactly. But if you would tell me that I was, I would be like, yeah, right. Yeah, like I wouldn't even believe it. Um, I was convinced I'm boring. I'm not interesting. People don't like talking to me. That is what I was convinced like about. And and I, I remember there was one time when 
um and there is also coming a lot of like insecurities and like body shame on sure. top of it so that's when I would be like in interaction with people um literally like when I was a kid I wasn't able to look person in the eye even if it was like a family member yeah. I wasn't able to do that that's how afraid I was so now like many years later I was like okay I'm gonna start networking with one goal to get comfortable talking to strangers that was the goal <laughs> And then when I started to talk to people, a lot of people would message me literally like weeks or months later being like, oh, I was thinking about you. And I'm like, why? <laughs> you know. Um, but the more I had those conversations, the, the more I started to see how there's actually a lot that I can add and a lot of interesting conversations that I can have with people where it's not just interesting on my end, but it's also interesting mm -hmm. for them. And that's one of the things where that kind of exposure started evidence. to help me to exactly it started to collect mm -hmm. evidence um mm -hmm. but if i didn't have that if i didn't face those like fears or maybe some insecurities i wouldn't even give myself an opportunity to see that mm -hmm. there is something potentially different or there's something in my story that might not be true but it it is really interesting how we come up with those stories and we stick with them so long even like there was one like small period when i started to Every day I would journal on my uh, communication or like interactions with people. So like mm. I would go to a cafe and one day I was like, I would just order whatever. And I was like, I'm not looking at the person in the eye. I'm, I'm afraid to look person in the eye. And years ago, when I was much younger, I understood why it was. It was because of my like insecurities about my look, because that kid assumption is if I don't look at you, you don't see me. Ah, that you know? totally makes sense. Exactly. So that's why I would avoid like eye contact. Mm -hmm. And and I caught myself doing that in cafe when I was ordering. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. you're doing it again. <laughs> and then I just journaled on it. And I'm like, okay, tomorrow I will try to make eye contact. Just try to make eye contact. No conversation, nothing. And the moment I made eye contact, the person started talking to me. They said, hello. They asked me questions. We had really good chat. And I was like, the only thing that I changed was just making an eye contact. That's mm -hmm. it. And, and that story, it kind of got destroyed just in that moment. Oh, yeah. I was like. Blown up. It's only day apart. <laughs> Completely two different situations. The only thing that I changed is one piece of behavior. That's it. And right. one I didn't change small who I was. Step. You did one small step. Exactly. But I didn't change who I was in one day. Mm -hmm. I didn't become from like boring to interesting in one day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's funny. That's true. But that, that's but true. Exactly. But those stories that we have, it's in some ways, it's ridiculous how <laughs> once they're exposed, you're like, <sighs> and that's one thing that I actually wanted to touch on is about sharing those stories, because a lot mm -hmm. of times when they live in our heads, oh, they yeah. seem so real. So and real. so big and so, and then the shame that comes with them. And the one thing I wanted to point out before we switch that, cause I definitely want to talk about that was, and this is for the audience because people are triggered, not, not just people with childhood abuse, but people get triggered. And the one thing to pay attention is what is that? Where's that story taking you? Mm. Because in, in, I know when you're being triggered, really triggered, it's not good. It's, it's an automatic self-sabotage because that, that in my case, that thing that I learned in my childhood to help me get through that moment 
I took it into my adult life, but where it went is in my subconscious. So I'm not even, a, a, until I became aware, I wasn't even aware that I was reacting this way mm. and that those stories, because they come from the child, you know, and they helped at that moment, aren't going to help in my adult life. And they're going to be self-sabotaging. It's going to be some negative result for me or for someone else. So that's a big one that you can, that can stop you in your tracks right there and go, okay, wait a minute. Cause this story is telling me to do this thing that I know it, it is not going to be good for anybody. What can I do that could be positive in it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. These stories. I'm just like sitting here thinking this is such a good conversation. It is. <laughs> I'm just like having fun here. Um, I know it's, it is really good. Yeah, maybe about like sharing those stories, because I think that's one thing that mm -hmm. as long as it, that's something that I have understood about myself. Good example. I shared with you about half marathon. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a good so, one. So I did half marathon first of October this year. And I went to the gym with my friend and, and there's like the thought that came up that has been in my mind all this time, but I just thought of like asking her. And I was like, I don't understand one thing. She's like, what? Um, so all this time when I would tell people that, I didn't tell like everybody, I would just tell like the closest people, like family and close friends um, that I am preparing for like half marathon. Nobody said that I'm too fat to do it. Nobody. Nobody didn't even question it. They were like, when? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I was like, why? Because I would I would be convinced that somebody would throw out, because there's like so much shame that I would have. I was convinced yeah. that somebody would throw out some kind of comment being like, are you sure? Yeah. Um, and, and she was like, for me, the first thought that came in my mind was that she's probably going to be busy. Like, <laughs> because you, like, you have to pay for marathon or like half marathon. And- and it completely kind of threw me off. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> because I was expecting um, that she would have that thought because I have that thought. And I think people that I say that have that thought <laughs> about right. it. Um, right. And I kind of project my thoughts or my beliefs on That's others. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think that they think that. And it's it can be true with any story that we have. We think that others think what we think about ourselves mm -hmm. but actually that might literally be as, as she said to me like oh i just thought that you're probably going to be a bit busier because you have to prepare for it that's it <laughs> that's the whole story that's what i thought when you told me i just thought oh you're gonna be really busy i don't know how you're gonna yeah. fit that in it, but okay it just it, <laughs> like and that response and and i have shared it with a few more people and they would give me exactly same responses they had no they were like why would you think that i'm like well now I don't know anymore <laughs> yeah I won't I won't yeah, I don't need and, to and I think in that sharing what happens is because when it's in our heads and we don't share it it's so real we don't even question oh, yeah. it it's a fact but then mm -hmm. when once you share it to somebody else one thing is that it's it can be a bit like hard to share or like you have to face some fear to share because mm -hmm. you kind of expose yourself or like you become kind of vulnerable um, or put yourself in more vulnerable place where they can be like, yep, that's exactly what I have been thinking. Yeah, they can <laughs> confirm all your yeah, fears, so you have right? have to be ready. 
even as you share, you're sharing for the sake of sharing, not to expect whatever response, mm. you know? So there's no expectation of the response. But with that sharing, the moment you share it, a lot of times, even just by saying, you start to hear how ridiculous that is. But once it's, it's inside, it's, it's you don't question it. It's true. It's a fact. It's just there. And it's mm -hmm. just like running mm -hmm. and playing yeah. in the background the whole yep. time. Yep. Yep. Beating yourself up. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. The one thing to, um, one of the biggest things to discredit shame is, is to say the story out loud or even write it. Um, you know, and it was, it was interesting when I did the workshop and the first night, <clears throat> the women would tell one story, one quick story, uh, whatever story came up in their mind of their abuse. <clears throat> And in it, we would have them share what their thoughts were, what their feelings were, what their emotions were. And it was interesting what the thoughts were. And they were lies. They were absolute lies, but it came out of their mouths so, so much like it was just a part of them. Like they were just, like it was a positive thing. It was interesting. And we would expose it. So once they got done with their story, you know, we would expose those lies. And when you read it back to them, it was really profound. It was interesting. Yeah. And there's like distinction between whatever the origin of story is, what happened and what I made it mean. Yeah. Yeah. So that meaning that we add, that's kind of that, that story. That's one thing that I have been working on is, and it's interesting that we're having this podcast because I've been actually working on this for a few months where I'm paying attention to stuff because we absolutely put a story to everything. It's just, it's just what we do, <clears throat> but we don't have to be uh, a victim to that story, right? We can change that story. We have that ability or just take the story away. Maybe, maybe it doesn't even need a story. Yeah. There, you know, and everything doesn't need a story. And that's what I've been telling myself. That's literally something I've been telling myself when I catch myself, you know, putting a story to something that isn't going to be beneficial. I'm yeah. like, and I, I don't even need to create a story. Not everything this. has I, to be like meaning something, you know? <laughs> right, right. It doesn't just sometimes that happens and, and it just happened. It doesn't have to have this big <laughs> story behind it, you know, because that's just kind of how I managed my life was, was by, you know, I think stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's really liberating. Cause it's like, oh, I don't have to spend the brain space on that now or the energy or the emotions. Yeah. Cause there's all of that comes with it. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. Like there's one thing that happens and then you create this whole story about who you are, what it means, how it's going to project in your future, why you can't achieve this, why you can't do that, why you're always going to be this way. And it's all wrapped around like one story that was in the past, which that's past, you know? And yeah. And I'll tell you what's coming to my mind too, is that story that I told of that couple in church, right. That got yeah. upset with me. I just thought, you know, how, let's give an example of how he could have handled that difference. So obviously there was something in the past that triggered him that gave him the story about me. And the truth is, cause I, th I thought in my head at the time, I thought, gosh, they don't know me. Cause if they really knew me, they would never accuse me of that. Cause that's not what I do. Right. But it's their story. And that would, that could have been a moment where he was sitting in church and thought I glared at him where he could have stopped. You know, he immediately went down that, Oh, she's glaring at me. And 
you know, whatever the story is that he created in his head, he could have went, wait, is she glaring at me? Wait, that's not like Lisa. That's not like her. Oh, oh, oh no, no. She's, she's looking at the person behind me. Like that's, you know, like he could have stopped and he knew me. He knew me, but he was so stuck in the story that it completely consumed him and took him down this road. Or he and he might suffered. as well just like walk up to you and be like, ask, is everything exactly. okay? You know? Yeah. Is everything okay? I, yeah. I think you were glaring at me. And I would have been like, oh my gosh, no, I wouldn't, when, you know, and just like, because what, what, what you just, just with him walking up, that's example of sharing. And the moment you respond Correct. and you're saying like, actually, that's not true. It's just disappearing. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it just goes to, you know, an example that in this case is making me realize how stuck in the story that we can get, that we don't even look for a different outcome. Mm, yeah. Been and that, is, that happens. It really doesn't, it really kind of happens in your subconscious because that's where it's stored and it gets triggered back there and it collides with your conscience, you know, and it, when you become aware of it, that's when you start looking at it going, this is a crazy story that's going on. This does not align with what I know to be true. Yeah. And you can disempower it. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's really relevant also in any kind of relationships um, where a lot of times we create these stories. So one person did something or said something, and now we, I don't know, they might, let's say jokingly say some kind of comment and now you think that they hate you or whatever, instead of, yeah. I actually have good example. Um, I had somebody message me, it was like a few years ago. It was just like messaging. And that person messaged me, um, smiley emoji. But that emoji had like teeth. And I see that emoji as laughing. He saw it as smiling. I see it as smiling. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Exactly. So he writes whatever the message. And I get triggered because I feel like he's laughing at me. Because I see the laughing emoji. It was smiley in his perception. So I write back being like, hey, like, and I think I literally asked, what do you mean by this smiley? Because it, it seems like you're laughing at me. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, it's me smiling. I'm like, okay, got it. So that's how I instantly stopped whatever mm -hmm. could have been the story. Mm -hmm. Boy, that could have gone a real <laughs> exactly. bad road. But I think for me to be able, like you have to be able to put yourself in vulnerable place because by saying that I can actually get in a place where I get whatever comment can come back. Oh, why are you so dramatic? You know, like, or whatever it could be the comment, you know, that could trigger me. But the moment I explain my perception, I give the other person that, um, what's the word? Like I, I allow them to approve or disapprove that, no. oh, I understood it right or wrong. And it's like that with any kind of communication. So I see this, is it true or not? And mm -hmm. they're like, no, it's actually this. And I'm like, oh, story gone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It seems. Yeah. And I'll tell you uh, when I'm thinking back on why I never, you know, I, not confront people, but have a conversation with people when I thought that there was confusion is first of all, again, that belief system that I had that nobody liked me and that everything was my fault. And I did not want to hear 
I was not going to get confirmation of that. I was not going to have someone point the finger at me by me, you know, trying to get clarity and get the clarity of, oh yeah, you really are. Nobody likes you. And it, yeah. everything's your fault. You know, it was just that, that shame so consumed me that I focused on trying to do the, the right things, even though I wasn't always doing them clearly. You know what shame does? It keeps stories alive. It totally does. It is the fuel. It is the gasoline, the fuel for shame. Yeah. Because for the story or this for the story. Yeah. And the way we, and that's what we discussed when we were talking about self-love and shame. The way we stop shame is by sharing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it works, but the moment you share, even without knowing what will be response, it somehow goes away. And I know in my life, when I have shared like that, when I, you know, especially in the beginning when it was, it, it doesn't have the effect on me like it used to, but when I was just so vulnerable and so I felt like pretty frail, I couldn't handle that. And when I started that, um, and when there would be confirmation of the truth, which was good, it would just be like, oh, you know, like it was, it would build your confidence. And with time now, it's not that I don't care what people think. That's not true at all. It it's, it's, it's information that I can take in, but I, I don't have a story to it. Like I used to, it's certainly not the same story. Yeah. Or you don't make it mean something bad. It's just right. information. It's just information. And it's, it, it, it doesn't, cause that also linked to if, if I had of course did something wrong or it, it, you know, it just fueled that whole shame in me and just made me go inward even more. So what can we do about our stories? So let's say if somebody listening is identifying stories that they might have, that they might not want to have, what are some of the things that they could do about well, it? Well, the biggest thing is really proving to yourself that it's a story and that it's not the reality really is, is the key, right? Because once you realize, oh, it's just a story, it doesn't have a grip on you anymore. So you know, spend some time with that story. Look at the story and then look at the evidence. More importantly, don't just look at the story. You already know the story. Look at it real quick and then go look for evidence that's the opposite. Really be objective and look for the opposite and you'll find it. You will absolutely find it because you are now looking for it. And so you are going to find it. And yeah. that is going to blow up that story. And that story all of a sudden has no power over you anymore. Yeah. And even like with stories, another thing that you can do is to think about, let's say something happened and story got created. You can ask yourself, what do I make it mean about me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that's where you will find a lot of roots for some of the beliefs that you might have about yourself that you might yep. not want to have. and. You might even look further down the line how you started to maybe reinforce those beliefs. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they're true. You just kept reinforcing right. them. So what you did is you gave yourself more and more proof. Mm -hmm. So now if more you evidence. want to change mm -hmm. it, exactly, you have to start to give yourself different evidence mm -hmm. for what is it that you want. And in the beginning, it's really uncomfortable. It kind of feels fake. It's like, you know, um, yeah. But the more you do that, the more you start to literally believe that because you start to focus on what you see outside of you 
and to some extent even inside of you um, that is making it true that now this new story or that new belief is kind of being true mm -hmm. and then you get to the point and that's something actually I had um, just this week I had like mini breakdown where I was like oh my gosh this is too much and I was exhausted in the evening it was like 10 30 p.m and I still had to do my second workout as well on on top of being like super tired and like exhausted mentally and physically and I was like I don't want it and there was like I think there was like 10 minutes until the end of the workout and I felt like my victim mode wanted to creep up um where like before I would just like go into victim mode I would just not do the workout to start with and if mm -hmm. I would do it the whole workout I'd be like why am I doing this this is I wouldn't really like even try on the workout I, I wouldn't even probably do it. I would just say like, be a mess. Um, but there was, and this is the second time that this has happened this year. Um, I wanted to start crying, but that crying wasn't coming from a place of releasing emotions, but it was coming from a place of feeling like a victim. Mm. And when it started to come up, there was literally something inside of me that was like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. We're not, you're not the Ooh. victim here. And it Ooh. wasn't like, it wasn't like, forced i'm not a victim i'm not a it wasn't that yeah it was just yeah like you're, you're we're not doing that you're not the victim here like Ooh, i love this that. might suck you might not like the way you feel right now but you're not the victim here that's really good yeah and and that's an example of me years ago i would be in the like full-on victim mode mm-hmm being like, oh my gosh, this is so hard and I still have such a long way to go in like all areas that I want to improve. And now I was like, yeah, you're not the victim here. Just like you might, this this me feeling, it might suck, but you're mm -hmm. not the victim. You, you, as long as you keep taking action, like just, just wait for it. Um, And yeah, and that's, that's an good. example where now feeling like a victim, it doesn't seem familiar to me. Mm -hmm. whereas before it was literally not being a victim wasn't familiar mm -hmm. so that's oh, yeah. how you can change that story over time where a story that you would be attached to or that would feel like that's my reality right now it seems weird for me even to like when it would come up I'm like and it wasn't even me there was just like something in me that was like no 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 we're not doing that anymore yeah and Not that's the self, that's the self-awareness that you've built over time where you can recognize when that stuff is trying to rear its ugly head. Cause it's going to, it's going to, I mean, I this stuff that, and that's awareness. how we manage it. I don't think it's just awareness because even when I, so there was like a point where I was a victim and I didn't see that. Then there was a point where I was a victim. I could see that, but I, I was still a victim. It was still mm -hmm. happening. I would just like watch it happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, here we go again. Um, mm -hmm. And that was, that's the place that I think is really tough to be because you feel like there's no way out. You right. actually see it and it's, it's happening. It's a cycle. Yeah. Exactly. And you feel hopeless about changing yep. it. Mm -hmm. But this time, it it was more of awareness that the victim is kind of unfamiliar. It's just, mm -hmm. it wanted to come up, but I'm like, that doesn't seem like familiar. <laughs> that seems yeah. really like, ugh. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's really interesting because that I'm, and it's something even it's like, um, example of how that 
resilience and the strength in ourselves, it builds over time. You might not see mm-hmm. day to day, but then there comes a day where literally I'll be like so overwhelmed. Like I think at the beginning of the year, I had another moment like that where I was really overwhelmed where I was like on a walk and I'm like, I'm done with this. Um, And, and I literally wanted to go into victim mode and the voice in my mind was like, you're not there yet. Just keep going. You're not, you're, you might break down, but you're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep going. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so interesting to experience that because I would never imagine that happening. And a friend of mine said, "Wait until the next level, where that voice of that doubt or fear is just not there. You just go. Yeah, it's blocked. And you know, and and it's it's true. You you know, when you haven't been living that life anymore, when you have." worked through that. Cause I totally had the victim mindset 100% for years. And, it, and in that I was in survival mode. So it was, it was really tough and it was a lot of chaos and it was a lot of stuff going through my head all the time. And it was a lot of shame. And when you start healing from that, and that's not part of your everyday life. And then you have a moment where you're experiencing it, it is so obvious and so uncomfortable. It's one of those times I say, I want to crawl out of my own skin and get away from myself. Cause it's just, I don't want to feel like that anymore. I, I realize I, I lived that way for so long and it's really uncomfortable and that awareness and of not wanting to be there. And that is what motivates me to figure out a way to get out of that moment real quick. Yeah. And this makes me think about that saying that like you choose your heart. So it's hard to be with them, but it's also hard to be strong. And it's, it's kind of choosing your heart, especially when you go through like healing or growth journey, like every day you have to choose the heart because it's not easy. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And you don't even see the finish line. Mm -hmm. You don't know how far it is. All you Mm -hmm. can do is just choose hard today. And, and, and there's days that you choose hard today and you feel like you're not seeing anything. Yeah. But over time, I'm telling you, it adds up real quick. And all of a sudden, one day you go, wow, did I get here? Yeah. I don't feel the way I used to. And you start becoming aware. I promise you just keep taking those baby steps and you're going to have days where you feel like you failed, but you haven't because you still take that step. You're going to make mistakes. Give yourself a lot of grace. A lot. Even if there is a days, days when you don't take steps, which I have had plenty. Yeah. Still somehow you get to the next level. As long as you, you do, you don't make that one bad day mean anything. It don't put just a story. A one bad day. Exactly. Don't put a story with that day. <laughs> you know, maybe it was a day that you just needed to go and rest and do nothing. And that's okay. That's still a step moving forward because yeah. for some reason, we're just lazy. body needs a rest. That's it. You were just lazy. Okay. That's it. <laughs> okay. You're being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's what you need to do that day. And there's no judgment and yeah. there's no story that should go with that. So the next day you might really be energized, especially if you spend time in a positive way and not beat yourself up the next day, you're going to have a lot of energy and you're going to get a lot done. Yeah. Like even for me that next day, after that mini breakdown, actually, 
because I kept doing the workout. And after workout, I also did the cold shower. I didn't, I finished like reading my pages. I did a bit more work. Like I pretty much like was up until like 1 a.m. Um, by the end of that day, even though I was like even more exhausted, <laughs> I was like, it was a good day. And, yeah. and that's where um, the, the hard days are the ones that count the most good days we all gonna have good days we all can show up on good days we can make those hard decisions on good days mm-hmm. but what matters the most is what we do on those hard days where you don't want to do anything you feel like you're done but not coming from a place where you force it or you try to like just like i have to do it like it's it's kind of at any cost yeah, yeah. Where you where now you make it mean something again that you have to do it. And if I don't do it, it means this. But it's just that less tension, but you still make that decision when it's hard to make it. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the days that actually count the most. And that's where you probably take the biggest leaps because I can remember so many days. And those are the days when I know that I have had, let's say day-to-day one good days, it might be like 1% increase or like improvement on those days it's easily like 10 percent because mm-hmm. you that feel day it. exactly it's literally like 10 days in one because that's like your, decision, your life goes in a different direction yeah it really like takes you literally you can over time internally feel how making decision that you usually wouldn't it literally changes you because that's mm-hmm. how you change you start to do things that you usually don't Mm-hmm. if you do things that you usually do you stay the same if you, you start stay the same it's as simple as that like it really is yeah if you want to change your life make different better not different better <laughs> decisions mm-hmm. um for healthier yourself. decisions for yourself yeah. you know and don't put a story to everything and give yourself a lot of grace and i say that over and over because we are hardest on ourselves and remember you Think about this. When you hear that stuff going on in your head where you're beating yourself up, would you treat your loved ones like that? Would you say that to your best friend? Would you say that to your child? Would you say that to your brother, sister, parent? No. And so you you cannot say that to yourself. It is not okay. You cannot give yourself permission to do that to yourself anymore. You're going to make mistakes and it's okay to have, you know, have remorse, but then what did you learn from it? What did you learn from it and move forward? Because everybody's yeah. in the same boat. And we all are in our heads. <laughs> Too much sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not in a good way. Um, but I mean, it yeah. was really liberating for me when I came to the conclusion that I'm an overthinker. How did you come to that conclusion? I, I, I just, I, I actually kind of studied on it a little bit. And I, and I just realized so much of what I did, like I really put stories to my stuff. Right. And I, and I had to recognize that. And I just, you know, I kept seeing the word overthinking, overthinking, and I just started studying it. And I realized, Oh my gosh, I do that all the time. I can spend weeks on a story. It can even come back a couple years later and live in my head for a few more weeks. I mean, it it was just, it was really um, a lot of suffering that I did that I didn't need to. And so once I go, Oh, once I realized that I was overthinking, then I had to put in place the tools to stop it. And I still, those tools are still, I I have, it is something that I will always have to maintain because if I'm not paying attention to it, it will absolutely get away from me. I wonder if 
stories are not our protection mechanism of actually taking action. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I really do. Because those stories a lot of times started in a situation where you needed it to get you out of that situation safely, uh, especially in the childhood abuse and trauma arena. Um, and so your brain went, Ooh, that worked. Cool. Note to yeah. self next time, next time something even appears to be like that, that solution comes up yeah. and we automatically go forward with it. So yeah. And then fast forward, we now are so attached to that story that it becomes the reason or an excuse not to take action to actually change. It, it does. It does. It becomes it went at the moment. It was your safety mechanism. And then it turns toxic because it's, it's, it's something that you needed in the moment. It's not something that you need for a lifetime. And so exactly it, it, it becomes toxic. And like I said, your brain notes like, Oh, that worked. And it kind of stores it in your subconscious. So fast forward 10 years, and a situation comes up that seems in your mind very similar to that situation, your mind is automatically going to bring that forward. And if you're not aware, you're going to go right down that road without, you know, without even realizing it. And then, like you say, you get to that place where you're realizing, okay, I'm doing this cycle thing. I'm aware of it, but I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah, and sometimes really this, even like people use that. And I was in that place for years. I was that's like, the victim oh, mode. I'm like this because of, and I was like, kind of know it all as well on top of it um, right i'm like this because of this 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 i had like the whole thing mapped out but when the it whole comes, story when it came to doing anything about it i couldn't because i'm like this because of this. right <laughs> right right so and now so it's powerless. i talk myself out of actually doing the thing that i need to do to change whatever it is that i have i'm just like okay so this is a story so if i have to do anything about it like here's the story as my reason why I can't really do it <laughs> or change it that's the story um and and it's so easy to get stuck there because when it comes to change when it comes to addressing whatever it is that we have created in those stories that's hard <laughs> that's hard that's hard and it really is as simple as when you when you see that it's a story. It really is as simple as figuring out a different way to respond yeah. than what your story has been telling you. It really is that simple. And it's just a little step. And that the first time you are able to do that and you're re able to recognize that you, your confidence is going to shoot up and it, you're going to feel empowered because all of a sudden these stories aren't me and controlling me and, you know, you know, being part of my life and I have to just suffer with them. You now are empowered to go, wait a minute. No, that story does not have a hold on me. And you know what? I'm not even going to listen to it. I'm instead, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Even and if it, you take that small action and that action might fail, but at least you have showed yourself what you correct. said that that story doesn't control you. You can still correct. do something different than you did before. And that in itself, that's you pretty much taking back your power. It, it, it totally is. And it's showing your mind evidence that is different. And that is what you need to focus on is the different evidence. You know, the evidence that's real, not the different evidence, but the evidence that's real. Yeah. 
Um, but it is very empowering. And, um, you know, I can just remember when I was in my stories and man, I had a lot of, I had a story for everything. Um, and they were mostly excuses. Um, but it was just so, um, it was just a really frightening place to be. Cause I just felt like I was just, I was just part of this story and I didn't have any say in it. And, um, and that's not true. And so the steps are, you know, slow down, start paying attention to as much as you can, the thoughts going through your head. And this, this takes a lot of work it, it, when you're first starting out, paying attention to when something happens, what story is coming up in your head, then question that story. Is it true? Is there evidence showing me that it's true? Or is there evidence showing me that it's not true? And then what is that story causing you to how, how you're going to react? How's that story causing you to react? Is it a healthy positive or is it usually self-sabotage or you're going to hurt the other person? Hmm. Yeah. And then pick a different, a different reaction that's going to be beneficial to everyone. And if you take the time and you pause and you think this stuff through, you'll find that answer. It's just when we're in that moment, everything's going so fast and, and our, and our minds just want to go to the, the normal thing that we always do, that we really do have to take a pause and we really do have to take some breaths and slow that down. And you do have that ability. And it, it, again, it's a process. It's, it's challenging at first, but with practice, um, it absolutely gets easier. Yeah. And, and the key is just, just don't stop. Like don't stop. Just trying. don't stop. Don't stop because trying. Yeah. There, even with all the different things that you can try out and all of different tools that are out there, I think it's, I still learn literally on a daily basis, something new about myself where I'm like, dang it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh like yeah. Me still, too. Still doing these podcasts makes you, you know, <laughs> put you on the firing line for sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> But at the same time, it's, that's what it's about. It's right. It's not like the, we, we would want to have a finish line for all of this, where we arrive and everything is perfect. But well, one, what's the fun in that? Um, Especially when you're a bit more into growth phase, maybe in the healing phase, there's nothing fun at all. Um, Yeah. At least the beginning, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, and and it's also really rewarding to look back on mm-hmm. all of those, even if you would try to count all of those decisions that you made when you had this story that you would usually react this way, and you're like, I can react this way. It's it's similar to what um uh Huberman uh what's his uh, Andrew Huberman he was talking about uh cold exposure how. It's it's not as much about how long you stay as much about how well how many walls you overcome. Walls being like, mm-hmm. oh, I feel like coming out, overcome that wall, mm-hmm. stay one second longer, or like I I don't feel like going in, overcome that wall and go in. Um, and it's the same with even like you can and I literally did it with some walls, even like in anything in gym and doing some calls that I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I want to cancel this call, but I don't that's a wall that I overcame. So Mm -hmm. you start to count those walls. And 
especially if you start to like even like write them down you look back yeah. and you have pages and pages and pages that's how you can visually see the amount of the work or those decisions that you have made that are helping you to change that direction slowly and and at some point you will start to feel how even like things like saying no or doing something that you or not reacting the way that you usually would mm-hmm. it's becoming more um maybe unfamiliar to do your old normal things mm-hmm. now you're starting to slowly shift into the new one but that change from one to the other that's where it can it's kind of messy it gets yeah it's like spring cleaning it gets real messy before it gets better yeah and, and you thing, need to go through that <laughs> you you it is very important just like a butterfly a caterpillar turns to a butterfly you know we we have them in our backyard it's been really cool this last summer we've had a lot of them and and i did a little study on them because i thought it was really interesting that this caterpillar you know can turn into this amazing butterfly and I knew that they could, I knew that they like kind of disintegrate when they're in their um, chrysalis or whatever you call it in their little cocoon. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it, the whole, they do, they completely, there is nothing. There is nothing. They are a mess and they come out beautiful. And the thing that I wanted to bring up too, when you are looking at, like you said, if you write down and you're looking at it or you're recognizing that, hey, I'm starting to do things different, give yourself a good pat on the back, seriously, because we don't do that. And nobody else is going to come along regularly and do that. Good you job. I to- caught this decision that you did. <laughs> exactly. And I've done that. I literally have done that. Like I've done, I, I've reacted. So I'm like, oh, good job. Like I literally do that. And and it might feel weird. And, you know, nobody's, nobody sees it, but it it does a lot for you. And you need to give yourself credit because we are so hard on ourselves, especially those coming out of, you know, any kind of trauma like that. It's, it's so easy to be really hard on ourselves and, you know, recognize that voice that's talking to you. Yeah. When I was was doing those walls, um, I was actually starting to kind of play it as a game. I was like, oh, nice seven today, you know? And yeah. Challenging yourself. Yeah. So you start to shift focus also with doing that you should focus away from all the things you do wrong to those small wins that you have in that day and they literally could be like really i remember one that was it felt so big but it's so small so i was um about to order like coffee and there was an option that you can add syrup (laughs) and i was literally that i really wanted it and i was like this is a wall but i so wanted i was standing there five minutes being like but I really want it but it's a wall and if you overcome it now you're going to be one step closer to where you want to be but I want a syrup (laughs) (laughs) so how it happens oh my god I would literally be standing there like five minutes and being like and there's like four types of syrups that I can choose from (laughs) and there was like this strawberry one I remember it was strawberry that I hadn't hadn't tried yet and I was like I so want it I was thinking about it the whole time in the gym I was like I can't wait until I'm done and then I gotta have the strawberry like added to my coffee and then as I was walking towards that place I was like well maybe I shouldn't have it it was actually more than five minutes but it was like the whole thing I was yeah like, well actually if I don't get it then I'm making this good decision and I overcome a wall but I want it and that's actually I would have many like and this is ridiculous seemingly ridiculous thing right that's but, a really good point wow exactly 
But, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter actually how ridiculous that is. But right, right. what matters is you overcoming the wall. Absolutely. And, and sometimes the wall can maybe externally be huge. But yeah. this one might externally be like really tiny. But for me that day, that moment, I was like, I so want it. And I still made a decision not to get it. And once I did that, I was like, well, actually I'm fine. Like, it's, it's yeah, not it's not so bad after all. Yeah. 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 Um, it's the story that you put behind it too. Right. Cause you're, and what were you focusing on? Exactly. And that, and that is, that is such a great example. And it can be as simple as that, but profound as that as well. Exactly. So like it's, it's still a win. And oh, that's totally. something that I tell people a lot is don't focus on how big is the win. As long as it's a win and you overcome right. something in you to do something or as simple as like, I don't know, picking up a paper that's on the ground. That's mm-hmm. a win, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you just keep collecting those wins. And, and there comes a time that you stop focusing on all the negatives and you just wake up and you're like, why is everything so good? Like, why am I so like mature mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. <laughs> developed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's because of those like small, tiny decisions, as simple as not mm-hmm. taking syrup. <laughs> when you really want it <laughs> you know and, and and you know for me it's like when I used to always focus on the negative and look at and look for the negative it feels really crappy I mean frankly it feels pretty shitty yep but Not when you are you. doing oh yeah right right so it puts me in this stupor which then affects everybody around me mm-hmm. and so when you aren't in that place anymore and then you do get a taste of it you real quickly want to shut that thing down. You don't oh, want yeah. to feel like that. And you, you don't tolerate it. It becomes, it becomes almost automatic where you're like, okay, I don't like the way I'm feeling right now. What's going on. Okay. That's that. Okay. What can I do to change it? Okay. I can do that. And you know, maybe not that quick, but it, it really can be that in your life. And you're not suffering for hours, days, months with yep. those thoughts and those stories. Um, yeah, it's, it's really liberating. And, and I lived for 50 plus years with those stories going on in my head all the time before I realized, first of all, I was an overthinker. And then I put a story to everything. Like literally, how, I how was it to change? Can you remember a story that, well, one probably was that nobody likes you. That was really long story. So it wasn't just story that was there like six months. It was there for decades. How was it changing that story that has been there for decades? Because then by then that story is like, you literally have created like pretty good book about it. <laughs> well, I guess another one would be um, that I was a mistake and that I need to stay under the radar. Mm. That's a big one. And I have, I've been literally hearing in my head at least 10 years come out from under the radar. And I would not do, no, 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 no. What was well, the I'm reason out. for not doing it? Uh, for not coming out from under the radar? Yeah, like when, when you would hear that voice come out um, and you'd be like, nope. Like what would be the reason for no? Because wh- why? Why would I come out from under the radar? I, I, there's no purpose. There's no reason. I, I was a mistake. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm just existing right now. I mean, it really got that bad. Yeah. It really was that bad. And that... um you know, I don't have really a purpose. And, and now <laughs> I, I I went from staying under the radar. I mean, it even got to the point that when I decided to do the podcast, 
Um, I even thought, oh, I got to have a partner in it. I got to have someone doing it with me. I can't do it by myself. Oh no, I got to, you know, I, and I kept hearing, nope, 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 nope. You are not going to have anybody doing it on the podcast with you. No, you are doing this. You are coming out from under the radar. And I did, I went from nobody knowing me to put myself out there to where anybody can see me now. Where did I mean, that second voice come from? Because that's um, a completely different voice. I think because I have found my purpose hmm. for sure. And my purpose is to shorten people's pain. And my purpose is to, I would, I would love to see people not suffer the amount of years that I suffered, you know, that if I can put stuff out there to shorten people's pain, um, you know, and a lot of healing, a lot of knowing that I do have a purpose that I, I wasn't a mistake. Like there's been a lot of aha moments over the last 10 years of realizing who I am. And I don't have that belief system anymore that I was a mistake. And, you know, I need to stay under the radar, keep my mouth shut. Don't ruffle feathers. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, go along, I'll always put somebody because like, I always put people in my life, if I was going to do something like this, that would, I would definitely hand over the reins to them and let them run the show. And I would, I would pipe in here and there and have my, you know, that's definitely the place I would take. And I know that's why I heard no, 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 no. Cause that's exactly what I would have done. I would have put mm -hmm. someone in there that I would have allowed them and it's not them. It's me. I would allow them to take over because I got to stay under the radar. Right. I have to stay under that radar. Isn't that interesting? It's I know that's a big story. And that, that one crippled me. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to go back and say, Oh, I should have done this. You know, we don't, you know, this is the timing. This is, I was ready for it. And it, this is the time, you know, but that's that my number one mission is to be able to put stuff out there that is going to shorten other people's pain. So they don't go years like I did yeah. or other and people. I, yeah. And I would invite anybody who becomes aware of their stories to be open to sometimes even laughing about them or being oh, like, totally. how ridiculous is this? Like, definitely, <laughs> definitely know? laugh at them, make fun of them because they are ridiculous. Yeah. And that's fun in where you're like beating yourself up. But <laughs> yeah, but just, just seeing how ridiculous we can be in whatever. All of us. All of us. All of us. We you all just do heard this. all of our ridiculous stories that we're having. And that's like, Maybe like 1% of them. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very like tip so of the iceberg. many that we have. And, and imagine if we would share them and we would be like, oh, like I was like, how could I not see this? And we just beat ourselves up for like not and seeing And focus on it. that. Exactly. Instead of being like, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty ridiculous, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I'm sure many people can relate to that because we yeah. all have these ridiculous stories that... I think it's important to have some level of like sense of humor to be able to challenge yeah. them or change them. Because if we don't, then we take them so seriously. And they be, they're again, still a part of us. Yeah. That, that they still mean something, but it, yeah. all it is, is just like, just a story that we came up with and we just went with it. <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes like I'll be, you know, our minds can throw stuff at us when we're not expecting it. And, and, you know, sometimes it'll throw a story at me and, you know, I, I immediately want to go down that road in the victim mode, 
but I quickly see what it's doing and I can shut it down real quick. Mm, yeah. You know, and sometimes though, and it depends, you know, like if I'm tired or if I'm not feeling good, boy, you can really be vulnerable to, to mind games and stories and go down a road. So you really got to be careful and, you know, pay attention where you are. Are you tired? Are you not feeling good? You know, did you just really kind of have a bad day? I mean, it, that's going to happen. And so that will also open up the door for your head to really build those stories up or play them over and over and over and over again. And, and you got to realize, Hey, I'm tired today. I'm really going to try not to. And one of the things that I learned, there's a couple of things that I learned. That's kind of interesting when, um, this one's really good when, um, when you catch your mind going, you don't feel like you can stop it. Just say to yourself, Hmm, I wonder what I'm going to think next. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're not thinking anything. And it, I, sometimes I have to say it over and over and over because the thoughts will try to come back. I'm telling you it works. And the one at night, sometimes if my mind gets going and it's not so much, I can fall asleep. I don't have a problem falling asleep. But if I wake up and my mind wants to go, um, just start counting. Hmm. And, and kind of slowly, like one, two, three, and focus. And I'm telling you, I think the highest number I've gotten to is 30. <laughs> it works. So those are things, you know, cause sometimes we just kind of have to trick our mind. Sometimes we just have to do yeah. a trick to just shut it down. Cause it's just, you know, it gets, it gets exhausting. It gets really, it's and meaning when you're tired, machine. it has to, it is, time. it wants to solve everything. It wants to, you know, it's looking for a problem that it can solve. And so, you know, the thing that's empowering is we, we can manage it. It doesn't have to manage us you know, and there's little tricks. And those are two that really, I'm telling you have helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add? I feel like we covered so much. <laughs> I know. I know. I think we did. We covered a lot. I, um, you know, no, I don't think so. I think, I think I'm spent. <laughs> yeah. Just, just look at your stories as you would read the book, you know, it's just, there you a go. Story. Yeah. It's you just know? a story. Don't put yeah. meaning into it. It's just a story. Don't put, try, no, I don't say don't put, cause that's, that's easier said than done. Try not to put, you know, the emotions and the feelings and the mm -hmm. energy into that story. It's just a story, just like you're reading a book. Yeah. And maybe then the you book. can read the, that story about the meaning that you put in that story. And here's a story about <laughs> the meaning that I put in that story. <laughs> right. And writing stuff down, just like you were saying earlier, yeah. you know, saying stories or speaking them out, writing them is another way too, you know, and, and you can write these crazy stories out and you can turn around and tear it up and burn it or whatever. So nobody sees it. Um, I know what helped me when I was sharing that story uh, a few months ago when I got triggered was actually saying the crazy stuff to my husband and he's my safe place, you know, and, and bless his heart. He just sat there and he was driving and he just smiled and he just let me, you know, say the crazy. I said, because I looked at him, I said, this is crazy. This is crazy stuff in my head. I'm just going to say it. Here it is. But I said yeah. it. And then I said, okay, but we're not going to do that. We're going to instead do this thing that is beneficial to me, not detrimental to me. Yeah. That's another way to go find your safe person and just share that and then just say what you're actually going to do. <laughs> yeah. Just do the disclosure, which is, look, I'm just going to download right now. This is just going to sound crazy. Just go with me and just say it. 
And I'm telling you, it gets completely disempowered. Yeah. Just get it out, out of your mind. Mm -hmm. Sounds good to me. I know. And then it won't roll around in your head anymore. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. This is great. Going into the next year. Yeah. Next year. We'll have to figure out our next subject. This was really good. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, any listeners, do you have any topics or things that you want us to discuss? Where Where can they reach and send them in? So you can send, you can go to my website and you can send me an email, which my website is healing and growing hand in hand podcast.com. And then my email is Lisa at healing and growing hand in hand podcast.com. So send me questions, topics, ideas. Yeah. We, you know, we have a ton of them, but you know, sometimes there may be one out there that we don't even know about. And I'm always trying to find interesting topics too. Relevant. So, and relevant, yeah, relevant, interesting topics, you know, that, that you don't necessarily see out there. You know, there's, there's things that I'm researching that I want to bring forward that I'm shocked, you know, like the one episode I did on infertility, I had no idea yeah. that infertility, that trauma could create infertility, but it totally makes sense. Right. So it's off topics like that, that you think, how could infertility affect, but it makes sense. So topics like that, where I can bring information that will help people that may not get it anywhere else. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. So yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) Yes. Merry Christmas and happy new year. I love it. (laughs) Happy Hanukkah, all the holidays. (laughs) See you next year. Yes. Yes.